The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like our show, follow it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. And if you'd like your own podcast, we do produce them out of our Westwood Mass studios or many, many remotely anywhere across the globe. Go to pod617.com to get started. You could be the next big podcast star. And speaking of stars, I have a star on the line. I have known her for... It's at least five years, I think, Gabrielle. Maybe more. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, you were a you were a pre-COVID friend, which means you're a friend till the end. It felt felt like we almost were at the end for a while there, but now we're back. Gabrielle Clemens is here in the virtual studios. Gabrielle is a financial advisor who typically focuses on helping women with guiding them in their journey and how to plan their wealth, plan their future. Do I have that somewhat right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you got it right, Dave. Okay. Where where are you geographically? Remind us all. Uh, I'm in Boston. I'm also, I have offices in Boston and Wellesley and everywhere that my firm um, has offices, but uh, currently I'm sitting in Florida today. Oh, beautiful and uh, happy to be indoors doing a podcast with you. We all hate, we all hate you now, but that's okay. Florida is, uh, is delightful, especially this time of year. Although I got to say, it's been on, I don't know if you've heard, it's been unseasonably warm out here, up here. And I might just go swimming today because it's going to get up to 46. So I go back and forth. So I commute between both places. So I was up there for the cold snap and I was down here for the warm time. So, you know, I don't know. Well, don't worry. Yeah, it'll it'll get colder. (laughs) It'll get miserable here eventually. So we we buried the lead because Gabrielle has a, a new book out. It is called Marriage is About Love. Divorce is About Money. Ooh, I've never heard it put that way. And being a divorce guy, that hurts a little bit, but the truth hurts. Tell us about your inspiration for the book. Nice to see everybody. Thank you for having me, David. I appreciate it. A registered trademark, marriage is about love, divorce is about money. And uh, the reason why I'm doing this is to help people go through the divorce process and uncover some of the, the pieces that they may not quite understand, how these how the whole process of divorce operates and works from day one to the, you know, days after your divorce. So the reasons why the the decisions that you make early on in your divorce process, including choosing an attorney, choosing a process, choosing to negotiate, settle, or litigate to the end, how it all makes uh, a difference when w- with your outcome. So um, women are often coming to me saying, I don't understand. I'm an attorney. I was a, I have a master's in tax. I was a divorce attorney and transitioned to financial services 25 years ago, just for this reason to, to help women and men now go through the process of divorce and achieve the best possible outcome given their, given their facts and their case. 
we have something in common. We were both lawyers who then became financial advisors, but then I became a podcast guy, which is the, of course the classic great American dream, but it does, but inevitably having that law degree must help in leaps and bounds because you're giving someone advice on how to plan their future, but you can, I know now you're not actually giving legal advice or are you tell me that? No, no, okay. I'm not giving yeah. legal advice. So let's make that clear because we don't want to get in trouble with the right. board of exactly. our overseers, but just to have those sensibilities and to have seen divorce from the legal side, that must be a big benefit for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's benefit to me. It's benefit to my clients because I understand how to construct an agreement. I've written agreements and I understand the points that we need to, you know, we, the points that we need to truly take notice of. What's important in an agreement is what's in there, but often is what's not in there. What isn't included? What needs to be, you know, included if it's been overlooked? Has it been omitted intentionally? And what words do we need to clarify? As a result of you know my assistance with my clients, we can look at an agreement and they don't have they parse it out and they don't have to deal with a lot of the post-divorce litigation that ensues when you don't have clarity around terms such as income. There are different types of income. And if it's not clearly stated and support may be based on income, then we need to we need to clarify that and parse that out. So your book purports to be something of a guide for people who need an action plan and a comprehensive strategy. When people begin that process of divorce or considering divorce, tell us what the misconceptions are. What are some things that people presume about the process that are perhaps not true? Well, I'm sure you've heard we're going to we're going to take him or her to the cleaners. That's not going to happen. You're not going to take your spouse to the cleaners unless they want to be taken to the cleaners, unless they want to give you something other than the normal statutory amount of either income, you know, support or assets. If you're going to deviate from the norm, there has to be a reason. So people often think that they're going to get everything or they're entitled to everything or even for the most part, that that the reasons that they're divorcing matters. And, and oftentimes it just doesn't matter. They're, the judges are there to help you divide your assets, help help you, the law is there to help you, you know, structure a child support and alimony guideline and structure an agreement within the confines of, of the laws of Massachusetts. Now, people are outside of Massachusetts are hearing this, this podcast, the laws of your state govern your process of divorce. So you have to stay within those guidelines. And if there's something, some reason to go outside, we call deviate, then you're going to have to, you know, prove your, your position on, on that. So if marriage is about divorce and no, marriage is not about no, divorce. No, get it backwards. That's the next book. Marriage is about divorce. That's no, exactly. that's, that's my book. Marriage is about love and divorce is about money. Does that suggest that getting divorced requires an unemotional look at your future that in other words you fell in love but now's the time to think about your future regardless of what your emotional turmoil may be like at the time is, 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 am i onto something there or not well you do have to as i say in the book you do have to you know look at at your divorce process as a business deal all right. You really, you can't be emotional about it. You have to run the numbers. And if you run the numbers, then you will, you will feel more confident in the financial decisions that you're going to make because you understand how this is all going to play out. And that's what I help my clients do. And that's what this book introduces. It's really think of the future. And 
if you're going to, uh, you know, make decisions based on revenge, based on jealousy, based on, you know, feelings of unfairness, then you're likely not going to have a, a good outcome just because those decisions are being, being made, you know, not in a, a good emotional state. So I'm not saying you have to be happy about this, but put on your, put on your, your business hat and think about what the options are. Litigation costs money. Drama costs money. So if you're going to fight over who gets the good knife, then it's going to it's going to cost you hundreds of dollars to have that conversation. And when with that with those lawyer dollars and emotional dollars, you you, know, you can just go and buy a new knife. So think about take a rational approach to the financial decisions that you have to make. I don't get into parenting time and those types of things, certainly in my book and in my practice. I just deal with the money. And um, and so the more, the more um, clarity you can have around the decisions that you're about to make, then the better outcome you'll have. You may not like it, mm. but at least you're going to understand it and understand how you got to the result that you did. I'm just thinking maybe stay away from the knives altogether until the divorce process <laughs> yes. is over especially if it's a contentious divorce maybe put yeah. the maybe put okay. down the put the knife put down the knife that's my advice that's not gabriel so i may i may have misspoke i, I just had a memory that you were expert more in guiding women after the divorce process but it sounds like you, you handle both men and women yeah i mean it okay. started out that way okay. but honestly david with more men retiring these days either they're retiring early or they're retiring uh, at normal age and and they're if if they're married to a woman then and their wife is working then they have certain rights and responsibilities there are a lot of of, of stay-at-home dads these days so it used to be about women but now it's just people going through divorce because because there are a lot of of men who who are in the position that women were 20 years ago what are the distinct challenges if any that women have that perhaps men may not well, if you're, if a woman is stay at home or either parent is staying home, they're focused on the kids. And oftentimes you divide, you divide energies in, in a marriage and in a family. You say, I'll take care of the kids. And the mom usually, or the stay at home parent usually takes care of the college funding, the 529, uh, you know, making sure everything's okay with the kids and that they're getting what they need. And the other parent is working, taking care of investments, you know, contributing to a 401k and managing the assets of the family, including the, the, the home and the refinancings and the mortgage and things like that. So, so whichever parent it is, or whichever person in, in the marriage it is, it's staying in tune with the uh, with the income and cash flow and expenses and the financial aspects of a marriage are important. And that's a disadvantage if you're completely not taking any responsibility for even being informed about those financial decisions, then you're going to run into trouble because once you find out you're divorcing, whether you initiated it or your spouse initiated it, it's you're playing catch up. And by then it could be too late. What about a planning for the pets? Are do people still fight a lot about pets after a divorce? I, I know, I, I know you have the financial advisor hat on, but it must come up. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> pets and debts. Those are, the, that's another <laughs> that's area yeah. that people don't think about the debts that are brought into and incurred throughout the course of the marriage, but also pets. And this is a big deal. Uh, pet insurance is a really big deal. Visitation and parenting time, quote unquote, air quotes. If visitation with, with a pet and a pet going back and forth, I have dealt with this a lot. And eventually 
one party may lose interest. They're moving out of state. They're they're with a new person who may have their own pets and they don't get along with the other pets. So it's something that, that does have to be managed. There are visitation schedules. There are expenses that need to be split. I have a client who this dog has an allergist and a weekly groomer and I think a psychic if... <laughs> sure, you need that too, yeah. It, Yes, there are pet therapists. Sometimes this is the leading cause of divorce for some people, but really? uh, for wow. others, this is a shared expense. That dog is getting way better treated than I treat myself. I can, <laughs> I can hear that. Do, yeah. So you, you give people advice after divorce, but sometimes I imagine before divorce or sort of regardless of divorce. Have you ever given someone advice that, you know what, you're, you're just a, a lot better off financially if you don't get divorced, does that conversation ever happen? I know you, you, you wouldn't make a judgment on whether, well, if you really love him, go back to him. That's not your job. But do those conversations ever result in the person remaining married? Well, the modern family exists on the, in the, the gray divorce area. So sometimes people just live in two separate places. Everyone's doing their own thing. They have other relationships. It's all understood that this is just a divorce at this point in our lives just doesn't make sense legally or financially. A gray divorce often impacts the beneficiaries of the estate more than the parties, depending on how much money you're, you're talking about. When you say, so, sorry, Gabrielle, when you say uh, gray divorce, you're talking about people in uh, over 60, over 70? Yeah, basically over 60, over, over 60. 70. Okay. It used to be over 50, but... Oh, jeez. Um, Come on. I don't think that applies anymore. I'm not that old. But, yeah. I am great. So, so you really have to... You really have to think about your state and how it's going to affect your estate planning. If you truly... If you truly want to get married again, then obviously you need to get divorced. But if that's not imperative, if that's not critical, you just want to live apart, I would recommend people try that maybe first and then take the next step if there's a compelling reason to do so. But, you know, every case is different. Every family is different. And and the family norms are changing. You know, this isn't the 50s. So anything goes. Yeah. I wish it were the 50s sometimes, but it's not. So... When people come, people think of financial advisors, they think of what funds you're going to put me into. What's my asset allocation going to be like? And well, sorry, a fancy financial term that one of the few I remember from when I was a financial advisor. But do you tend to talk to people about more basic things like budgeting? When you get divorced, you, you have you really have to think about money in an entirely new way, right? So do you talk to people about their week to week, month to month spending, things like that? Yeah, absolutely. That absolutely informs all the decisions that you make throughout the divorce, especially after the divorce. So people come to me even before divorce. They're thinking, they're, I'm contemplating divorce, and we start then. So the sooner I get involved in the process, the sooner, the better it is for them. So we walk through already their, their budget. What are they spending now? What do they need? What does a post-divorce life look like for them? So by the time we get done with the divorce, we're implementing a plan, and we're ready to go. So we're not just starting to have those con conversations at the end. We've already contemplated those, we've planned for those, and we know what we know what it looks like. 
So yes, budgeting, everything from income, expenses, liabilities, refinancing, long-term care insurance for women is very important. We've, we've, we've done a lot of, a lot of interesting events on around long-term care planning and, and everything leading through to their death, um, their supposed death at a certain age to make sure that they'll have plenty of money to live on and um, take care of the things they, they want to do in their lives. Do you ever have to have hard conversations with people about extravagant spending, like how much they spend on shoes or donuts or streaming services? That would be a tough conversation for me. It's like you can afford Netflix and HBO Max, but Peacock and Hulu have to go. Does does it ever come to that, Gabrielle? You know, it it could. (laughs) I think when, when when you run the numbers in front of someone and they can see what the numbers look like 10 years, 20 years from now. You know, I always say cat, you know, catwalk today, cat food tomorrow. So they can make their own judgments (laughs) and they, they can see the numbers and you can do what you want. Now I'm not here to tell you, you can't, I'm just going to expose and explain the ramifications of these decisions. And some people can't. So it's just, all I can do is run the numbers, show them and point out ways that maybe we could have a different result. Good. I'm keeping all my streaming services then. Uh, I'll cut back on something else. The book is called Marriage is About Love, Divorce is About Money by Gabrielle Clemens. You can find it on Amazon. I take it you can find it lots of places, right, Gabrielle? Yeah, yeah. Barnes and Noble, Amazon. It's um, located at local bookstores of Charles Street and Wellesley and the one at the street in, in, in Chester Hill. Actual bookstores. I love Actual it. Actual bookstores. That's, Absolutely. That's great. Do, do you remember what, well, it must have been recently, right? What was it like the first time you walked into a bookstore and saw your book there? What was that like? Exhilarating. Absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. Right. It was propped up right there by the cash register. Really? Yeah. Yes. And two women were saying, oh my gosh, I wish we had this when I was going through my divorce. (laughs) They've been divorced for a while, but you know what? They bought it and they're going to give it to a friend um, who is going through a divorce. Excellent. Wow. Very good. So before we depart, Gabrielle, Gabrielle and I will play a round of good stuff where we will both recommend something good to you, the listening audience. Before we do that, let me take one minute to remind you what we do at pod617.com. It's the Boston Podcast Network. We produce podcasts. I almost forgot what we produce. We produce them all the time. All kinds of podcasts. If you go to pod617.com, you can get started. We will ship you out a quality USB microphone if you want to do the podcast out of the comfort from your own home or office. Or you can visit us at our Westwood Mass Studios. Radio quality equipment. Don't you just love how great this mic sounds? You could sound like this, people. Go to pod6. It's a good mic, isn't it, Gabrielle? It is. It yeah. sounds great. <laughs> All right. And you look great, uh, too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there are, there's only so much you can do with the filter on Zoom to make you look younger, but I do everything I can. As I was saying, go to pod617.com if you want to be the next big podcast star. Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. In pod, we trust. All right, let's play a round of good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. Gabrielle, you're the guest. You get to lead off. I understand you have a a charity or a charitable effort you want to draw our attention to. 
Yes, yes. The good stuff for me is it's a, a golf tournament. It's a golf charitable organization called GIFT. It stands for Golf Items for the Troops, GIFT.org. Uh, it's a 501c3. And full disclosure, my sons run this and they collect, clean, distribute golf items to to retired veterans and, and and active members of US US armed forces. So it gives them the equipment that they need to go out, play around the golf, have some fun, take some respite. They've shipped several several boxes over the years, every year overseas to the troops in various places. And I would I just love them. They do a great job with their tournament tournament every year in, in Naples, Florida. And um, hope you'll join us. Very cool. Yeah. What do you, when is that golf tournament typically held? November 11th. Okay. Veterans. Well, that makes sense. Easy yeah. to remember. And what are your son's names? Marshall and Max Clemens. Those are great names. Yes, you can go to golftroops.com for more info. And what a, what a cool idea. So are your sons avid golfers themselves? Yes, absolutely. Both scratch golfers. Really? Um, and my son's a PGA pro now. Wow. And he's That's teaching awesome. and um, doing other things as well. So um, they're actually in the process of, of inventing, and they have a patent on a device that will help you not lose your golf clubs and greens. So. Golf clubs or golf balls? Golf clubs? Golf clubs, yes. So this is yeah. pe- people frustratingly throwing them into the woods? or No. Don't. You know, if you're – well, David, do you play golf? No, clearly I don't. They get mis okay. they get misplaced is what you're gonna say. They get their yeah, own. Exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. So at a certain point you take three or four clubs out to out to the fairway in order to chip or somehow get your ball up onto the green. And inevitably you walk onto the green with your putter and you've likely left club or two, typically one right. club in yep. the tall grass. Forget about it until maybe you need it again, which could be two holes from now. And you look back and either it's gone or you forget it or you get back to the clubhouse. And you don't realize it. So this is a device that sits in your bag that allows you to uh, manage your golf club inventory, if you will. I like it. I don't play golf, but if I did, I would lose my clubs all the time. There's no question. And I would throw a few of them in the woods as well, as well as just forgetting them. So I will recommend uh, a TV show. The season four just started. Gabrielle, have you heard of the show? It's called You. Oh, yes. Have you seen it? I have. I just started season four as well. Amazing. All right. Well, oh, I'm glad I got the right guest for this. I'm not, no spoilers here, but I am going to play a little bit of the trailer for you on Netflix. Professor Jonathan Moore. Why are you here? Did you kill someone? Oh, did someone break your heart? Did you break my heart, Marion? Heartbreak is always a catalyst for a new path. You're a murderer, Joe. You're wrong about me. I'm gonna prove it to you. Laying low is imperative. Turns out teaching's fun and London's not so bad. I fell in with the most insane damaged people on earth. A circle of privileged douchebags. But I do miss having someone out there. Hello. No. No, I am not interested. Nope. Not interested. I don't want to know. Oi! Where did you go? Why does the universe keep doing this to me? 
Alright, so that's a little bit of the, the trailer. Um, it It's not a high culture kind of show. It's more just kind of, it's crime, it's suspense. It's, it's a fun show to watch, even though it can be a little bit gruesome at times. But our hero is this guy, Joe, who I'm trying not to give anything away of the series at all. But if you go back to season one, if you're starting there, everything seems like he's a normal guy. He's a normal guy, relatively good-looking young guy. He's uh, really into his gadgets. He's active in social media. Turns out it makes him into a pretty good stalker. But as the viewer, we're not sure if he's like a real evil stalker or just someone who falls in love. But then... Ugh, there's violence and murder and everything. And now this season finds him exiled or hiding in London, perhaps, to avoid all the ramifications of his past sins. And he falls in, as you heard in the trailer, he falls into this, this sort of terrible, soulless group of wealthy people. And it turns out there's this, this turns into its own murder mystery, which is different from the prior seasons. And... I just I don't know whether to, to like him or to hate him. But what what tell us why you like the show, Gabrielle, if you can. I know you haven't seen yeah. much of season four. Yeah, I, I call it like psychological intrigue. Yeah. Uh, and I think to to walk through this guy's mind and and I love how they 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 work that. You can hear what he's thinking right. in the situation, and it's just you know in all the seasons I like the season the best so far. I do I too. Think it's yeah. Really interesting predicament he's found himself in and uh, it's yeah. perfect it's, yeah, it's great yeah. yeah yeah this season it's like he we really you really kind of feel like he really was trying to put it all behind him and then yeah. just the, this danger seems to follow him around and you're right about what's what's unusual about the show not unprecedented but unusual is that you're constantly hearing his thoughts and in, in a voiceover in a sort of monologue and to the point where he'll be in a conversation he'll he'll say something out loud, then the, the, the other character will say something, and he'll react, but in his head. But we'll hear it, yeah. so, which, is, which is cool. And it's also for this generation because th there couldn't be a show without cell phones and social media, this show, and you often see what he's texting, what he's posting. But it is, uh, it's fun. So you on Netflix, they just released like the first half of season four, which I immediately, yeah. immediately watched like all six episodes. And then the next half of season four is coming, I think, the second week in March. But anyway, yeah. I'm glad you gave it a thumbs up. Cool. Gabrielle, I hope you had fun. You were a wonderful guest as usual. Thank you, David. Good to see you. Good to talk to you again. And I guess I'll see you in March at you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you'll have to come back. We'll have to come back and review the second part of season four. So uh, right. remind people, what's the best way to get in touch with you, find out more information about you? Right. You can always use my cell phone, 781-910-4770. You can find the book on Amazon other, under either Googling or, sorry, searching my name or uh, searching the title, Marriage is About Love, Divorce is About Money. Very good. I learned a couple things, and I appreciate you being on the show, Gabrielle. You're awesome. It's good to catch up with you, even if it's virtually. I got to get down to Florida. I need a tan. I'll see you. I'll see you when I'm in Westwood. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Very Bye, cool. Everybody. Thanks, and thanks to all of you for listening to, to, listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like our show, follow us on Apple Podcasts. My name is Dave. On behalf of Gabrielle Clemens, I'm just a guy from Boston, but if you're not from Boston... You must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. See ya.